0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Deacon Alvin Langham, and I have the privilege uh, this morning of presenting these gifts to Pastor Sparks. Um, you know, in my opinion, being in any leadership position is tough, but especially uh, when you have the responsibility of leading God's people. Um, it's a previ- I just want to say, personally, for me, it's a, it's a privilege uh, serving under your leadership. And it's a privilege serving among uh, your wonderful family, of course, your wonderful First Lady, Sister Karen Sparks. For your children, Anthony and Brittany, and I just want to say on behalf of everybody, um, thank you for 19 years of service. Um, you're a wonderful leader, great man, a brilliant teacher and preacher, and we're just blessed to have you here as our leader.
1: I don't know. She, she asked me why she behind the pulpit, cause she is behind the pulpit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I thank God for. Thank you, Alvin, Deacon Langham. Yeah, thank you for the job you do as our chairman of deacons. We appreciate every single thing you do. Your leadership is uh, is uh, wonderfully appreciated, and not just in that capacity, but in every capacity that you serve. So thank you so much, and to all. The leaders here at 45th Street, um, in whatever capacity you serve, um, thank you. I started last week talking and saying that uh, I, I thank God that 45th Street has been true to its word. You invited us here and you have supported us at every turn. You've allowed my whims to become work and hopefully it's been resources for people in our community and so we thank god um, for your followership and your friendship and your friendship it's hard to be somewhere for almost 20 years and not love people and it's apparent that you love us too so thank you i, I do need you to know that uh, i've realized more of my shortcomings over these 20 years. And I wanna thank you for not holding that against me. The stuff that I can't do. Because you've stepped in and filled in the gaps. And so we appreciate every little bit of it. But I would certainly be remiss if I didn't thank some people specifically. I wanna thank um, my Aunt Carolyn, who's here. Carolyn Holman she just comes in quietly she's as close to my mama as you'll ever see in this world and she never lets anything happen without her celebrating it with us and you might not understand the significance of it because you never met my mama our mama but uh she has filled that role as fully as anyone possibly could because of her love for her sister, and us too, and us too. And she shows up in places that you never imagined, not just cross town, but she travels other states to support things that are going on. And so today, her her ride or die just left out to go take care of his pastoral duties, Reverend Holman. Y'all know him. You always hear me talking about him. There's a reason why I'm always talking about him, because I love him, he is, as much a mentor and big brother in life in the ministry as i'll, as I'll find but i carolyn thank you so much for coming today and i also want to thank my children anthony and brittany uh, for being accessible and available in everything we do around here they are actively involved in the ministry at every turn they don't say anything other than okay Dad." And I wanna thank you for taking the time from your family, but I would be remiss if I didn't include Anthony's better half, best half, (laughs) Ashley. Thank you always for your support, Ashley. And then since day one, I've had uh, two people here who God gave me to uh, love in sibling relationship and that's, that's Chandra and Cedric. And Chandra and Cedric have always supported Donahue. And I want to thank them for that. As a matter of fact, God has given Cedric, me and Cedric, a very unique relationship. Very unique. It's a a leader-follower relationship. Yeah, and God has, has kept us in bounds by in some instances making me the leader and him the follower and in other instances, making him the leader and me the follower, its a strange thing. But, but it works, and, a, and it works because we love each other and only wanna see what's best for him. And I wanna thank Pam for being the best thing that the one ever found. <laughs> yeah. And I want to thank Greg Splund for all the work he does here at 45th Street Baptist Church and for how he keeps the lines together for sham. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Church is family. And when your, your biological family is healthy, it helps on this family as well. And So I want to thank God for that. And I can't start thanking every single person at 45th Street. For what they do i just want to say thank you to each and every one of you for everything you do seen seen and unseen and how you have supported in all the ways how you love us through good times and bad times y'all know this past year has been a tough year for me physically physically two weeks ago i had to go in for a colonoscopy i didn't tell nobody because i had some issues that i needed to get checked out saw some things that were not comfortable to me and uh, weren't right. And so I went and had and in the colonoscopy results. They said they found two polyps that they got rid of. And if they had been left there, of course they say that can develop into colon cancer, but they got them, took them out. And so thank God for that. <laughs> Why am I saying that? Because I want you to go get checked too. Ain't nothing unmanly about going to the doctor. It's frightening. I know what it feels like to be waiting on results. Yeah, leave the doctor's office and everything they say is cryptic. And you're trying to read into what they're saying when they ain't saying nothing. And, and I know what it feels like now in this modern age to get an email from UAB. Lord have mercy. What is it now? Yeah, I know what that feels like, but it's still something we have to go through because we don't want anything to jump up on us uh, that we could have control. Now, life is gonna be life. Things are gonna happen, but I'm, I'm, and particularly, I'm talking to the men because we don't take care of ourselves like we should. Uh, And so please, 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 please go to the doctor like you're supposed to, and to all, the clinic always full of women. Every time I go in, there's always women. And they they, they tend to handle their business. And and, uh, if you look across the demographics of our community, it's always older women doing everything because men don't always handle their business like they're supposed to. And and then we we suffer the ravages of our lifestyle. So please, please take care of yourself. I don't know how long the Lord is going to leave me here, but as long as he does, I'm going to do everything he tells me to do to, to love you and I see new generations coming at 45th Street. I'm so glad that Lil' Dylan made his debut today. Yes, yes, that's Muddy's grandbaby. Yeah, Muddy's, is, Muddy's is grandbaby's here. Yeah. Yeah. When she gets another name, I'll call her another name. But right now it's Muddy, yeah. And I like that name, it's growing there. hear something. I'm sorry. He's already true to form. He's sleeping while the pastor talking. <laughs> we trained him well, Destiny. <laughs> yes. Yes. I wanna thank another person. I wanna thank Reggie for dedication, for support, for always being available when we, we need him. I wanna thank T. I wanna thank D for everything. This has been a hard year for Dwayne. Yeah, but he's been uh, as faithful as he can throughout the circumstance of losing his wife, circumstance of having his mother pass away, you've still been faithful to 45th Street. And so we thank God for you. We, we love all y'all, thank y'all so much for what you do. For those of you who don't know, T is taking some kids to Carnegie Hall. Yeah. From Fairfield, support her if you can. I'm sure it's on Facebook. She is going, they are going. Yes, it's, 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 they're definitely going. Yes, they're definitely going to Carnegie Hall. It's gonna be life-changing for those kids going to Carnegie Hall and singing there. And I found out that there were three other schools that are associated with it. It's Ramsey, Fairfield, and it was one other? I don't know the other. Some Virginia schools that have been invited to perform there along with Alabama State, along with Alabama State's choir so we're talking about a dynamic opportunity for those kids. God bless you. I look around and I see many faces that I've known through the years and I also see the spaces where the faces were and are gone and that's hard. That's hard. But you can't be somewhere and not love folk and miss them. And I can tell you, there's a great cloud of witnesses that's celebrating with us today uh, ones who were here whose hands I shook on their very first Sunday in 2004. And I've said before, Reverend Foster, uh, remind people that the scripture says nothing can separate us from love. Death doesn't separate us from the folk we love. And so God bless you today. Thank you so much for being a part of our lives. And as they say, let's run on and see what the end is going to be. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much.
2: Good morning, 45th and friends. I I just want to thank you all for always being just, just, you you just go above and beyond. Thank you for the love, thank you for the support. Thank you for just being, thank you for your smiling faces. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. Uh, We just appreciate everything that you've done throughout these 19 years. And I'm excited because I'm ready for the next 19, but these past 19 have just flown by. I mean, I was just little, you know, and now I'm, I'm growing up, so it's just a blessing. I'm just so thankful. Thank you all. Thank you all.
1: <laughs> she going to talk me into jail. So we get a great opportunity today to fellowship with one of our big brothers in the ministry, and that is none other than the Reverend Robert Earl Foster, Jr. All right now. Robert Earl Foster, Jr. Pastor of Mount Zion Baptist Church over, you know, don't mix it up, e-scooter. E-scooter. But uh, let me tell you a little bit about Robert. It's, it's funny, Robert. I had to check myself. I went in, I went, every time we get something Now we go Googling. So I went Googling to pull your bio and I said, I don't need no bio for Robert. I know who Robert is. Robert is the man who has loved Linda all his life. All
2: right, guys.
1: Woo! Ain't no doubt about it. Linda Beaver's foster is the apple of his eye, the mother of his babies, and he cherishes her. And I know every day he gets up thanking God for her. So we're glad to see her. And 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 Robert is the one that Sharon and them, call Sonny. All right. Sonny. He's here today, and thank God that Cher and Betty are here as well to support him, nephew and brother. Robert is the father of Trey, Chris, and Timothy, and God bless, and Bob, I always forget Bob, and Bob. And I'm looking at Timothy, Timothy, my double brother, Tuskegee and Alpha, and glad to see him here. And We celebrate with them, those other two fine sons they have, and Chris, who's my brother in jurisprudence. Yes, we thank God for him. But Robert is, first and foremost, a preacher. You don't know anything else about Robert Foster, you will know that he loves to preach. And so we're glad to have the opportunity to come and share a pulpit with him, because we were birthed from the same spiritual house same spiritual father and that is none other than the reverend clyde beverly senior so the things he learned i learned and i know from whence he talks when he talks about the love of jesus christ and how god has blessed us and so i'm excited today to have him come and deliver a word from us and i pray god's choice blessings on the words of his mouth and our ears that we might hear what he has to say So 45th Street, if you would, raise your right hand and say after me. Reverend Foster, Foster. preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. 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 Amen. God bless you. My
2: hallelujah belongs to you. If you know it, help me sing right now, right now. Come on. Let's worship. My hallelujah belongs to you. Let the Lord know right now, my hallelujah belongs Myself. Let them know. Come on. My hallelujah belongs to you. My hallelujah. My hallelujah belongs to you. Come on to worship. My hallelujah. My hallelujah belongs. To you. Keep it unity, guys. Let them know you didn't Come on. Sing all of the glory, all of the glory belongs to you. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. All of the glory belongs to you. Say, all of the glory, all of the glory belongs to you. Sing Give all him the all the glory and the honor. chance to sing and Sing my hallelujah. Come on. My hallelujah to you. There's more people in this place than I hear right now. Everybody sing. Everybody sing. Come on. My hallelujah belongs to you. Give it to him hallelujah right now while you're on this earth with us. My hallelujah. My hallelujah belongs to you. Because he deserves everything you have to give. Keep it right there. My hallelujah belongs to you, Lord. Help us sing. My hallelujah belongs to you. Hallelujah, My hallelujah Lord. My hallelujah. Lord. I don't deserve these blessings you give, but you give them anyway. Thank you, Lord. My need to say thank you oh, oh.
0: Father, we come stretching our hands to thee. Truly, there's no other help that we know. Lord, if you choose to withdraw yourself from us, we must ask in the words of Peter, to Lord, to whom shall we go? You have what we need. You have the words of eternal life. You bridge for us over troubled waters, shelter in the time of storm, doctor in the sick room, lawyer in any courtroom. Lord, you are everything that we need. We thank you for being God all by yourself. We thank you that you don't have to call a council meeting or a, a, a congress to get together in order for you to bless us. You just say, here, take this, and we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to gather together in your sanctuary that we might celebrate your goodness and your mercy toward us. We thank you for this occasion, 19 years of that you have kept the congregation and pastor together. To that we say thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for the love that flows here in this church. Thank you for the work that 45th is doing in this phase of your vineyard work. We pray that you will continue to bless them, continue to strengthen them, to get them to draw them close together to one another as they're drawn even closer to thee. Father God, we thank you for every family that is represented here today and that each home will be blessed. Lord God, we thank you for those who are watching via the World Wide Web and those who are in person. We pray that all of them have gathered today with at least one question on their mind, that is, is there any word from heaven? Lord, we do pray that when we leave down from here, we will leave with a positive answer to that question. It is in the strong name of Jesus we pray and ask these blessings. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen, amen, amen. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast of the Lord. The humble shall be shall thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Did you hear what I said? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. I'm not selfish. You can join in in the praise. You can join in in the shout. And you can say hallelujah, clap your hand, do whatever you want. But oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us, you and me, rejoice in his name, and give him all the glory and praise that is due unto him. To the eminent and esteemed pastor of the 45th Street Baptist Church, my friend, my brother, my brother beloved, Brother Andre Sparks, and truly, Lord, we just thank God for you. I I can't go into talking and saying a whole lot because I am still a crybaby. When I get back to going over these memories, I tell you, I just thank God for you. I know we don't get to sit at each other's table every day. We don't get to meet every week, but you know that I know you're praying for me, and that I'm praying for you. To his lovely wife, my friend Sister Karen, and to all who make up this 45th Street congregation, I feel like Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration. It's good for us to be here. And Pastor, I want to thank you for this opportunity to share with you and the 45th congregation my conviction concerning my Christ on this 19th anniversary. And I must be honest, can I be real? I, I, when you called and you asked me, man, I got the looking and I got the... You know, you, I, you know how I was taught who taught me, so I got to looking for scriptures and, and I got to looking for all kind of nice sayings concerning pastoring and, and pastorish. Man, I, I was, ooh, I'm talking about, you know, how to preach the word, be yesterday in season out of season. Yeah, you know, I got, got to looking at all this stuff. I would give you pastors after my own heart. I got to looking at all this stuff and, and then all of a sudden it hit me, 19 years. If y'all ain't got it together now, what could I say? What could I, if you hadn't learned how to pastor, you've been here 19 years, and if the relationship is that good, y'all ain't got no business messing with that. So whatever y'all doing that is working to keep y'all together, can I say one thing about pastoring and congregation? Keep up the good work. Now can I go ahead and preach? romans chapter eight very familiar passage of scripture romans chapter eight and we shall begin reading at verse 28 romans chapter 8 verse 28 if you got it let me say amen if not say wait for me What'd you say, Auntie? Oh, she's still unzipping her Bible. See, some of us still bring a Bible to church. Yeah, I'll have it in a minute. We waited. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. See, y'all folks with these apps don't think that y'all are so smart. You just you can even with an iPhone and say Siri Romans 8 28, and she'll pull it up for you. But some of us went to BTU where we had to learn Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Number, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judge, the first second, second. You know what I'm saying. And then, you know, we had to learn how to spell it. Because, you know, we you know, Pastor Beverly, we, we didn't have BTU books, so we had to learn how to spell them books. First, we said it from Genesis to Revelation. Then we had to say them backwards. The BTU books hadn't came in yet. We had to spell them. And then I was so glad, that I never been so glad to see a BTU book, because the next step was to spell them backwards. And that's why I used to win all them Bible contests when you, to, you had to open them up and turn to the scripture. Sure, I already knew where it was. I had it all down packed. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 if you have not got it yet, you need to be at Sunday school. It's in the New Testament. Romans 8 and verse 28. We there? And it reads, and we know. That's enough. And we know. This morning I want to speak to you from this central thought. Something Christians need to know. Something Christians need to know. I'm not talking about church folk. But there are some things that Christians need to know. I'm not talking about at the office, around the coffee, you know, or even at the dinner table when we have fried preacher. I'm talking about something Christians need to know. If you're ever having a bad day, Romans 8 is a good book to read. Whenever you're down in the dumps, whenever life seems too much for you to bear, when the storms keep on raging in your life, even when it's hard to tell the night from the day, I invite you to pick up your anchor and read Romans chapter 8. Just like Shakespeare, Hamlet, Romans chapter 8 is full of quotations. Whenever you find yourself in your hee-haw moment i invite you to read romans chapter 8. oh you never heard of a hee-haw moment y'all no, ain't never heard of a hee-haw moment well before you could get 300 channels on your tv before good time the jefferson Cosby show a living single showed up on tv i'll the evening entertainment i know ain't the only one here here 60 or older our Saturday evening entertainment featured Buck Owens and Roy Clark on this TV show called Hee Haw. And every Saturday, we didn't know it all at the time because all we had was three channels, six, 13, and if you had a little bit of money, you could get 42. And even if you wanted to change the channel, you unless you had some chilling in the room, you had to get up and walk across and click, click, click till you get to the next channel wasn't no push button siri do this and alexis do that no we had to click 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 just to get to another channel and when you got there you hope the antenna was in the right place so you can get good reception am i talking to somebody here today we used to get home in the saturday afternoons and saturday evening, and that show called hee haw wasn't nobody on there if i don't remember anybody on there ever looked like me was ever on that show because one minute, Charlie Pride was on there, but he didn't make too many appearances because I couldn't remember him. <laughs> but, 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 but you didn't have the opportunity to see us on there. But, but we talked, you know, just like I love Lucy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But anyway, Buck Owens and, and, and Roy Clark would come on and they were doing the show sometime. They would sing this song and it said, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark, depression, excessive misery. If it were for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. So my brothers and sisters, even in our experiencing gloom, despair, and agony, deep, dark, depression, and excessive misery, I dare you to pick up your Bible and read Romans chapter 8. And a believer. Any church person, any Bible reader who can't feel better after reading Romans chapter 8 may need to check your relationship with your God. Romans chapter 8 is one of of those pick-me-up chapters in the Bible. Romans chapter 8 for the believer is one of those chapters that allow you to just go ahead and give God glory even while you're going through. Romans chapter 8 is one of those powerful passages that reminds us of how God is in Christ Jesus working things together for our good. When when you read Romans chapter 8, it'll put a smile on your face and you didn't even anticipate one. When you read Romans chapter 8, it will diminish your road rage. When you read Romans chapter 8, it will, in the words of our elders, give ease to a troubled mind. There's something about the words of this chapter. There's something about Romans chapter 8 that ought to allow you to be able to have joy in the midst of your sorrow. You cannot read Romans chapter 8 and maintain an extended attitude, an extended bad attitude. Romans chapter 8 will lift your heavy burdens and help you to know that everything is going to be all right. Pastor Paul is trying to get the people of God to Rome and the people of Waterfield Street Baptist Church to understand how God works together for our good. When you read Romans chapter 8, Pastor Paul is trying to help the people of God understand that there is absolutely nothing that is too hard for our God to help say So you see, God can handle that. So you broke, God can handle that. So you got trouble in your marriage and your home, God can still handle that. All you got to do is take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. There's a song we used to sing in the church out there. I'll probably sing it here for a few too. said, Jesus can work it out. That problem that I had, I just couldn't seem to solve. And I tried and I tried and kept getting deeper involved. But we forget the part where it said, I turned it over to Jesus and I stopped worrying about it. But the key to the whole verse is, I gave it over to the Lord and he worked it out. So many times we give it to God and then we try to tell God how to fix it. Young lady, ask God for a boo. She tell him exactly how she want him to be. As soon as she get him, and she start going to boohoo with. Him. Brothers and sisters, this God of ours is always working to do that which is we cannot do for ourselves. Towards the middle of the chapter, Paul pins that classic verse that allows us to look beyond our pain and still give God the praise, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. That word know, even in the Greek, literally is an exponential knowledge. It lets us know that it is not something that was taught in the seminary. It is not something that is taught in the synagogue. It is not even taught in the sanctuary. This is what you get by walking with God for a little while. This is something that you get from experience. This is knowledge you receive by dealing with some seasons with God. When you walk with God for a little while, you begin to know something that things about God that you would not have known because there's not a book in any seminary library of Congress or even on the internet that can tell you about how good it is to him to walk with you. Talk with you, tell you that you are his own, and the joy you share. Is there anybody here ashamed to testify? He walks with me and he talks with me. When you walk with God, things get a little better. When you walk with God, things get a little easier. When you walk with God, you understand that things will work out for your good by and by. I didn't like it when I was going through it, but it made me stronger. It made me wiser. It gave me a greater confidence in my God. And I stopped by this morning on my way to the west side to reaffirm to the east side that no matter what you are dealing with, no matter what you are going through, even if you can't see it at the moment, God is still working things out for your good. Church family, it looks like in our text, Pastor Paul is trying to tell, get the people of Rome and the people of 45th Street Baptist Church this morning to understand that all of us have to deal with at least three inescapable realities in life. I believe Pastor Paul is trying to help us to understand that no matter how sane you profess to be, no matter how spiritual you are, no matter how often you sit in the same seat in the sanctuary, all of us are going to have to deal with at least three inescapable realities in this life. Can I push it? The first inescapable reality is the inescapable issue of sin. Y'all do know what I'm talking about, don't you? The inescapable reality of sin. And the first issue with which you, uh, you have to deal with church is sin. You can't really be a church until you deal with the sin issue. You can't really be an effective witness until you deal with the sin issue. I know we like to look the other way and act like it didn't happen, but we need to learn how to because see, Satan as Satan, sin as sin, and God didn't tell us to put the devil under our feet. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. That's the problem. If you got him under your feet, that means he's holding you up. That's why you're catching hell in high water. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. I'm in the pool pit. Paul helps us understand that all of us have to deal with the incredible, the inescapable issue of sin. This issue was so important to Paul, he starts in chapter 1 of the book, dealing with this business of sin. He gives his introductory verse from uh, verse 1 to 17, then he just jumps and says, God's wrath is poured out on all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Did you hear what Paul said? God's wrath is poured out on all ungodliness and unrighteousness paul why are you going to go there why are you going to use such strong language just a couple of verses ago he was talking about and not ashamed of the gospel of christ that sounds real churchy that sounds real good that makes me pay attention to what pastor is saying but you're talking about my sin don't pick up your bibles and walk out right now let me finish first can i find some honest people in this room today who can testify i'm still wrestling with some stuff i'm still dealing with some stuff man i'm saying i'm spiritual but i still got some sin in my life we all have to deal with the inescapable issue of sin Paul goes on in chapter 4, and he continues to talk about the issue. He said, listen here in chapter 5 and 8, we got to understand the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Can I put a quarter in the meeting and stop right here? Why would you work for hell when heaven is given to you? Why would you work your way to hell when heaven is given to you? Do you hear what the scripture says? But the wages, of you don't get wages unless you work. Do you hear what I'm saying? You don't get wages. You're working your way to hell. But the gift of God, I ain't got to work for it. He just said, here, if you want it, you can get it. If you want it, you can have it ain't going to make you take it, but it's there for the getting. Is eternal life. Child of God, he says to the people of God, don't get stressed out because I'm not just saying y'all have said, even Pastor Paul had said. Paul was one of the biggest sinners and biggest saints in the New Testament. He says it right here in chapter 6. He said, listen here, I'm not just pointing fingers at you. All I got to deal with is the issues that I'm dealing with as well. I know I'm not a fan of the song, but you know we sing this song, sweep around your old front door before you try to sweep around mine. Well, I don't mind you sweeping around my door. You can help me get rid of this stuff that I got a problem with, but while you're sweeping mine, you need to put that dust fan at your door too. So you ain't got to wait till you clean yours up. Help me clean mine up while you clean yours up too like Paul says, I got a dead man hanging to me. The whole wretched man, this old wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this sin of death? Then he gets to the end of the chapter 7 and he says, thanks be to God for Jesus Christ our Lord. Is there anybody in here who can thank God for Jesus and that in spite of your issue of sin, he's still working things out for your good? Can I push it? Is there anybody here that know you Hadn't been given to the church like you're supposed to And you still get to pay your bills I'm like Cat Williams I'll wait yeah. Is there anybody here know you got issues That you haven't dealt with But God's still blessing you anyway yeah. Can I push it When Paul gets to chapter 8 Because of what Jesus has done, Paul then says for all those who've been wrestling with the inescapable issue of sin, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Did you hear what I said? Can I rewind it and play it again? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the spirit, not after the flesh, rather, but after the spirit. I heard somebody say the third time as a child. I need to say it again. There is therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Do you know what that means? Do you really know what that means, church? Them folks who look at you and remember what you did in 95, 2012, 2020, and last week, yesterday, or maybe earlier this morning, tell him I'm still in Christ and there's no condemnation. Let me look. Let let, let them look. Let them remember your past. Let them talk about what you used to do. But I think there was a blues singer that said, the same thing I used to do, I don't do no more. Can I push it? Some of us still need to say the same thing that I used to do. I don't do as much. Paul tells brothers and sisters that because of the work of Jesus Christ, we've now been adopted into the family of God. And that makes a big difference, church. Since I've been adopted into the family, according to chapter 8, I can therefore cry, Abba, Father. I have a relationship with him now. He's not just the God out there. He's the God in here. He's a personal God. He's my God. He's my Redeemer. He's my Savior. And anybody here got a personal relationship with God that don't mind telling nobody? He's that kind of friend. And he walks with me. He talks with me. And he tells me I'm his own. he rocks me in the cradle of his arm when he knew i've been battered and scorned so no matter what the world brings on to me i got a secret place he can hide me that's why you can't walk around in the dumps all the time that's why you can't walk around with your head hung down all the time brothers and sisters you got access if you need joy God's got it. If you need peace of mind, God's got it. If you need grace, God's got it. Can I find ten people in here who can justify everything I need? God has supply. Can I push it? Because of the finished work of Jesus, I have somebody praying for me, even with my issue of sin he said the spirit of god makes intercession for me maybe you've never been at a point in life where you couldn't get a prayer through but there are some of us here if we will be honest can testify there are some days i don't know what to pray i don't know how to pray i don't even want to pray sometimes but thank be to god even when i'm groaning the spirit of god makes intercession for me even when i don't know what to say he takes my prayer. Even when I pray the wrong thing, He takes my prayer, fixes it up, and presents it to the Father, and i help us, Holy Ghost. The very next several verses, Paul tells us, even if the Spirit of God doesn't bless you, we also have the Son of God making an intercession for us. Paul says, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and for me. Even right now, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying for you. Aren't you glad the Spirit of God and the Son of God makes intercession for you? If you can't find a prayer partner, you've got two praying for you already. If you can't find a prayer warrior, you've got two working on your behalf already. If you can't find even a preacher, you still got two in the hope before God praying for you right now. Pastor Paul, let them know one of my priority, one of my issues is the inescapable issue of sin. Secondly, Paul tells us now that, 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 that if you want to really know what the Christian needs to know, that we need to know about the inescapable issue of suffering. Y'all got quiet on me right there. Thank you, Sister Karen. You, you're, you're a pastor's wife, you know how to support the preacher. I got that okay back here. As long as you're behind me, push me, I'm going to keep on going. Paul begins to talk to the people of God about suffering. Listen to what he says. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Reckon is an accounting term. He says, I've got everything now written out here. I'm weighing the balances between the good and the bad. And I reckon that the suffering of the present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Hear me, child of God, it doesn't matter how spiritual we are, how sane we profess to be, every one of us in this church is going to have to deal with some suffering. Yeah. Can I prove it? Yeah. Anybody lost a loved one? Anybody went to the doctor and you just didn't know what the doctor was going to say? Anybody got a bad report from the doctor? Anybody wife or spouse just came home and told you that I don't want to be with you no more after 20, 30, 40 years? That's suffering. Trust me, not having money in the bank ain't the only kind of suffering. There are some folks with me, that tell me Howard Hughes, one of the richest men in the world, died miserably. There are folks that won't even give their children medical treatment cause they're trying to find the cheapest place to get them some help when they're looking for free clinics when they got millions in the bank. They're suffering other than without money. We got, I think that's our problem. We got a little taste of money. We think that everything revolves around money. You can have money, you can buy, you can go, uh, what's that, Roof, Chris, uh, Fleming's, and, and some of these folks, uh, there's a place in Las Vegas Cause, called the called, called, uh, uh, prime. It's at the Bellagio, and I tell people, uh, tell people, you don't take your the girlfriend there. No, you don't take your the girlfriend there. Before you take your girlfriend, before you take a woman to prime, you got to put a ring on it. But you can go to the prime with all the money in your pocket. They can bring you the biggest steak they got. And you'll still not be able to eat it because money can buy you food but money can't give you an appetite. Pastor Paul takes this opportunity to tell the people a little bit about suffering. Job had already done it in his book. Job said Any man, anybody born of a woman is a few days and those days are full of trouble. Psalm 34 reminds us many are the afflictions of the righteous, but don't stop right there because you need to read the whole verse. See, not, we now need to stop taking pieces of verses and put them together to make them feel, make them say what we want to say. We need to say the whole thing. First, Psalm 34 said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the the Lord delivers him out of them all. I'm so glad God put butts in my way. I'm so glad God put some butts in my life. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but that means things changing. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes three little letters makes a whole difference in your life. Maybe you need a more contemporary recitation. Maybe you need, a, 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 you, you, you read your Bible, but you don't understand. You know, we got especially young folks that I just can't understand the Bible. Maybe you can understand it if I put it in the words of the Reverend, late Reverend Paul Jones. You ready? I've had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some weary days and some sleepless nights. But when I look around and I think days over, all of my good days outweigh my bad days. So I won't complain. You know why? God has been good to me. I said, God has been good to me. Did you hear what I said? God has been good to me. is been good to me. All right, I'm going on. Can I find one witness that ain't afraid to open your mouth to say, God been good to me? If he's been good to you, help me preach this message and lift your hand and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I won't complain. The Bible says, you know, I I, 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 I I got it here in my notes. I started to skip it, but you know the Holy Spirit said preach it in the house. The Bible says, when you look at it, and and, and, and uh, when I think about what's going on in our city, we got murder, seem like it's almost every week, if not every day. Some young men, some young ladies, some even some older ones are getting killed. And the first thing we want to do. Call the radio station and blame the mayor. I've met him in person. I didn't pat him down, but I don't think Mayor uh, 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 Mayor Whitfield carries a pistol. I don't remember anybody saying he shot anybody. I don't remember him saying that he been driving these cars in the street like he crazy. But everything that happens in the city, even us church folks, want to blame the mayor, if not the mayor, the city council. Not the city council, it's the police chief, and don't you know we've had several people in those positions in the past. we even had Richard Arrington, and people were still dying, people were still crazy, our folks were still going crazy for Cocoa Pops. What I said that to say this: the problem is we, as church folks, want to point the finger at somebody else but the real problem if you really want to do something can i tell you how to fix the problems in the city of birmingham can i tell you how to stop all this murder and, and all this killing can i tell you what we need to do can i go bible on you if my people not the city council if my people not community leaders if my people Who are called by my name. They say they know me. They say they talk to me. But come with themselves and pray. Seek my faith. Turn from their wicked ways. That's how we fix the problem. I got to move on. I got to go. I got to go. I've been here long enough. Paul deals with the inescapable issue of sin. He deals with the inescapable issue of suffering. He says we all got to go through some stuff. But God is still at work. You may not see it. You may not perceive it, but the old saints would say, why are you trying to figure it out? God has already worked it out. Paul, there was sin, Paul, there was suffering, but finally Paul begins to deal with us, or talk to us about the inescapable issue of separation. He closes this chapter by talking about separation, about disconnection. He talks to us about what, which, which will try to keep us disjointed, Thank you for Pastor, Pastor Spock, when you mentioned earlier about what can separate us. Yeah. That, that let the Lord know I was in the right church preaching the right message. He talks to us about that which will try to keep us disjointed, so he asks a bunch of rhetorical questions. In that letter verse he says, what shall we say then about these things? He asked the question, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? He reminds us if God is God who justifies. He literally saying, just because you got the goods on somebody, don't mean that that's all God is concerned about. I know a lady, she said, I got something on everybody in here. That's all right, you can have whatever you want. you just taking up the face on your flash drive, or your, com- your computer, or on your notebook. You can have whatever you like. But my God has cast all of my sins in the sea of forgiveness. And you can remember as long as you want to. I, I, I know you work in the legal system. And there's a lot of different areas of a legal system. But I believe you, when you was in school, you had to steal a little bit of everything, didn't you? And and, and some of us, you ain't gotta raise your hand because I don't even wanna know your business. I'm familiar with the term bankruptcy. You hear what I said? Bankruptcy, not debtors court, bankruptcy. You see, in debtors court, you pay on the bill until you pay it off. You're still indebted in debtors court. That's why they call it debtors court. The court is helping you pay your bill. But bankruptcy, that means you get a clean slate. You get a calabarossa, a clean slate. You get to start over. It can't no credit to call you when you go in bankruptcy. If they accidentally call you, you just give them your attorney's number and let them talk to your attorney. Can I push it? I owe the debt of sin. I could not pay it. It was so big, I could not pay it on my own. I didn't have what it takes, cause without the shedding of blood, there could be no payment made for my sin. My blood wasn't fit, my blood wasn't qualified, but oh, the precious blood of Jesus came down to forty in two generations, hung on the cross after being born of a virgin. He laid him, took him and laid him in a manger. Stayed here 30 and 3 years. He died on Calvary's cross. Did you hear me say he died? Can I preach it like I feel it? My bridge over troubled water died. My shelter in a time of storm died. My doctor in a sick room died. My lawyer in a courtroom died. My way with there is no way died. They buried him in Joseph Brother, too. He stayed there all night, Friday night. He stayed there all the day Saturday. But early, I, I, I thought I was in a Baptist church. Somebody told me I was at 45th Street Baptist Church. And there are certain keywords words in the Baptist church that make Demona holler up above your hand. So I'm gonna try it again. I said he stayed there all night, Friday night. He stayed there all day, Saturday, but bright early. Sunday morning. He got up. My page of a trouble water got up. My shelter in the Thomas storm got up. My doctor in the sick room got up. My way in the no way got up. But not some power. But all power. In heaven and earth with this. Church. We've been in the storm. We've got to go through some things. Just because we Christians don't mean that we don't suffer. But we need to remember that we know. That means ain't nobody got to tell us this. We know all things work together. The good is working for our good. The bad is working for our good. Everything is working together for our good. But this is to keep hard to them that love the Lord. I don't know how many names you got on the roll of 45th. But if your name it ain't on the Lamb book of life, you wasting your time. Being in church don't make you no more than Christian. Than being in a garage make you a Cadillac. But you got to know him for yourself. You got to know him. And you will know if you know it. You will know if you know it. Can I say it like we used to say it in the old church? I feel the prayer wheel turning. Felt a little fire burning. And just a little talk with Jesus makes everything all. God bless you today. There are some things we need to know. I don't know how much time I got left on this earth. I'm gonna try to get over to Mount Zion and preach a sermon over there today too, but I, I, I may not even make it that far. But this one thing y'all know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. If this earthly house of tabernacle is dissolved, I got another building, a home eternal in the heaven, not made by the hands of man. Now if you're not sure where you're going when you leave here, this is your opportunity, this is your opportunity to make sure you got a home over in glory and it's yours, yours, yours. See, you don't mind leaving when you got somewhere to go. You don't mind coming and putting your stuff on the street when you got somewhere else to take it to. But when you get put on the street and you ain't got nowhere to go, you ain't got no other home. Well, let me correct that, there is another home. Heaven ain't the holy place. Hell is real. Scripture says hell has enlarged itself. So well, that means there's a lot of folks going to get food. Thinking they're going to heaven. We used to sing another song. Everybody talking about heaven they ain't going there. Heaven. Heaven. You know what I'm saying. Why don't you come today? Don't let that be a mistake in your eternal salvation. Don't let that be a mistake of where you're going from here. There are some things you need to know. You may not know how you're going to pay your bills. You may not even know whether or not your house is going to be there when you get home. Somebody may have come in and taken everything you got. But you do know. You can know that when you leave this life, there's something better after this. So why don't you come to them? Don't put it off the right, and I'm, can I, can I say it like I feel it? I don't, it doesn't matter, I stop trying to say I don't care, but it doesn't matter if you don't want your name on the roll of 45th. Of it doesn't matter if you don't like the pastor. He ain't got no heaven or hell to put you in anyway. But my main concern is that you get to know, if you get to know Jesus, you'll learn how to love the pastor you get to know the Lord Jesus, you can worship anywhere. If you just get to know Jesus. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, if any man will open the door, I'll come in and so with you. So today, calendar for baptism, Christian Experience or by letter, you can call. While the blood running form, warm warming your veins. Now is the acceptable time. Now, right now, is the day of salvation. Doors of the church are.